summer 2023 that's where we're at can you believe it it's uh it's halfway over i mean august is right around the corner you know we've already got back to school ads playing on the tv it's it can be a little depressing you know were you able to pack in everything you wanted to into this summer did you have your high hopes things that you wanted to do time spent with the family with friends whatever um it's passing on by and i'm sure you know we're all we're all busy uh, i know this past week i've been inundated with uh requests for contracting work and you know i've had to had to kind of check myself a little bit like you know i've been working towards this goal of uh getting a, a boat for the family that we can spend time together get out there use it live life and it seems like there's just uh, a lot to do it's hard to actually get out there we we did go um last week and it was it was amazing plenty of mistakes were made but uh no one got hurt all of our property and other people's property is in good shape so that's good but <laughs> but seriously uh you have to be intentional that's what i'm figuring out with your time with how you spend it and you know as as creatives as, especially if you're doing contract work or or you're a full-time freelancer it's like feast or famine at least that's what you tell yourself so we find ourselves charging too little or saying what the prospect wants to hear so that we can land that project because who knows when the when the next one will come and and we want to squirrel all those uh those funds away for a rainy day or or, or whatever um but at the same time I realized that the more that I want to invest in myself and in, in building this creator die brand, the the website, you know, the, the social posts or whatever, the more that I want to do that, the more that I want to just create for myself, the more that I tend to attract more work. And I think that that's something that happens with all of us you know if we're throwing out this kind of air of desperation whether it's with regards to you know our work as a freelancer or if you go way back to high school or <laughs> for me or whatever where it's like oh i just i need a date for this dance or i i want to have a girlfriend and you just give off this air of desperation rather than when you're in that place of, hey, I'm cool with myself, I'm living my best life, I'm doing my thing, right? Then that's when people are attracted to you and want to be around you. Uh, and I think it's the same same way with, uh, with work. So as hard as it is for me personally to say no to something or that's going to have to wait or now's not a good time, or we're just not a good fit for fear that, you know, I may 
be putting myself in a bad place. I think that uh, I think that's actually the, the way to go. You know, you've you've got limited time on this planet. You've got limited time for this summer. I mean, that's what we started out talking about. You know, make sure that you get out there and and do things, and that'll just make all of this other stuff worth it and and enrich it I, I talked back in the early days of this podcast about the importance of <clears throat> having experiences and being well-rounded and and the things that make me different versus you are what makes my art or design or creativity unique you know I'm able to leverage experiences from playing football back in the day or what it's like to be a bearded heavy-set white male right <laughs> you know um, put your hands up all you heavies out there right right <laughs> but seriously um, yeah just be intentional with your time and that brings me to what we're doing here what this is I'm being intentional with with a little show coming at you every week create or die because it's a mantra it's it's who I am if I'm not creating a l little piece of me is dying every second that I'm not creating and Creating can include creating great memories. So it doesn't have to mean that you're behind the computer. So let's let's remember that. Today we've got an awesome guest. I've uh, I've been kind of a fanboy of the industry that this person is involved in, industrial design. You know, the things that we use every day are our phones, our computers, our favorite electronic device, those awesome controllers, these clickety-clackety keyboards, whatever. Those were all designed by industrial designers. Or, if you're in the know, ID. That's what uh, my guest refers to it as. It's, you know, super minimal. You don't even have to say the full phrase, the full term. Industrial design, you can just say, I'm an ID person. Or I'm, an ID. I'm obviously using it wrong. I'm butchering it. I apologize. <laughs> But today's guest is a senior industrial designer at Enlisted Design, and she's worked with some amazing brands and is here to talk to us about her journey, how she got into industrial design, what made her specialize in that, and has some great insights as to, as to the process and, and what you should know if you're interested in getting into it. So without further ado, let's welcome today's guest, Carly Kim. Um, 
Carly, it's it's a pleasure to to meet you and in person over uh, over technology. Appreciate you being willing to come on the program. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, you bet. I guess we have a uh, a friend in common, uh, Andrew Garlock, and and you both currently uh, work at Enlisted. Is that correct? Enlisted Design. That's awesome. And uh, Andrew didn't say anything too horrible about me, otherwise you wouldn't have come on, I guess, right? Well, we actually don't can't really talk much because we work in two different offices. You right. work in Salt Lake City office and I'm in Oakland. So I actually haven't had the chance to talk to him about you. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> that, <laughs> that works out well. No, if you do chat, uh, say hi for me. But uh, that's awesome. So you're in the in the Oakland office. Do you end up uh, going there in, in person often, or is it more remote these days for you? Uh, we do mostly remote. We go in every Thursday. But whenever the project requires us doing more prototyping, we would go in more often. But not that many people will be there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We've definitely gotten used to leveraging technology and working remotely in this day and age. So that's awesome. And I'm uh, and later in our conversation, I'd love to dig in a little bit more about your process, about prototyping, and you know, because you you deal with design in, in the physical world, whereas a lot of us um, just do just create things digitally nowadays and, and that's where it ends up. So that'll be awesome to dig into that. But before we go there, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what it is you do in general to create. Is it industrial design and you're focused on that or does your creative interests uh, reside in other areas as well? My, my major interest is definitely in industrial design. Uh, I sometimes dabble into different types of like artistic activities, but I always try to bring some of the learnings from that to industrial design. So I would say ID is my main focus. Yeah. No, I love that because, yeah, and it, it's interesting. I mean, it's probably about 50-50, the conversations I have with people on this podcast where they're more specialized or they're more generalist. And it sounds like you definitely are, are in that specialist camp. And and that's awesome. Um, so I'm curious, let's, let's go back a little further. How did you initially get into ID? Uh, like any other art kids, I was interested in art, but I was also fascinated by the idea where I can build a tool and that can help mass people, not just one person. Uh, even if it's like a minor way of helping them, I saw that's a great impact that I want to make. And I didn't really want to make I, I never really thought of myself as someone who will like change the world or change the future, but I always wanted to give little help here and there for just people in general, like that's around me. Yeah. So I really like the idea of design just by itself. I feel like mm -hmm. all design is in a way like that. Um, 
and I get to use my artistic ability to kind of be a professional in that. Yeah. No, I love it. And and the idea that you're designing real world things that, that can really have a, an impact on people's real world physical lives. Do you remember a time where maybe that first item that you picked up and you thought, hey, this this was designed by somebody? It, it just didn't, you know, appear that way. Do you remember that, that time when it actually clicked for you that that these objects, whether it be a game controller or a electronic toothbrush or whatever was actually designed by a designer? I think my first item that I can, at least something I can remember is 2G mobile phone. Okay. If you remember that. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Motorola. Yeah. <laughs> and how, and back then 2G phones had so many different types of design. And I think I was only like sixth grader, but just looking at everyone's phones and how different they are, I was kind of interested in like, oh, like, why are they formed differently? Yeah. Do they function the same? Yeah. No, I love that. And so kind of as a follow up to that, are you super critical of everything you pick up or you see in the store that's that's been designed? Um, do you find yourself buying something specifically because it's designed better than than something else i i guess i do unconsciously like a little bit for everything but not too much if i don't have to if it's not for work i don't really think that much about it um yeah i'm just more conscious about purchasing things uh, not just because of design, but also I don't like the idea of just constantly buying things and yeah. it's environmentally unfriendly and how, even though I'm an industrial designer and I design products, by filling up space with products just mentally and environmentally devastate you. So I'm, I think about that a lot instead yeah. of how the product is designed how it looks no that's that's great so you're looking for products that are manufactured responsibly and and uh, not only with the materials that they use but their longevity so it's not something that'll just get discarded all the time well I think as a consumer it's not really easy to know the manufacturing process yeah. when you're just in the grocery store like physically or home goods store in person so instead of well if i have background information about the manufacturing their environmental friendly story behind it that's great uh but what i think about more is like how i will use it will i use it for a long time uh and will it Will I actually use it often? Will this make me happy? That kind of stuff. Yeah. No, that's fascinating. I love that. So it sounds like uh, you're you're somewhat of a minimalist as well. Like you, uh, you know, just just by the way you're you're talking, you have this kind of Apple esque clean <laughs> black <laughs> collar so neck thing going. <laughs> uh, it's icing. Uh, all designers just wear it because it's easiest thing to throw on. Yeah, no, totally. 
That's awesome. And so speaking of Apple and before we got started here, I mentioned the name Johnny Ive, um, who to many designers is, is somewhat of a design hero because we, you know, we grew up using the, the tools that he helped create. Do you have uh, any design heroes that, uh, that you follow or look up to? I don't say I have a specific designer. I like I admire designs in general when I see it in the real world. But I don't say I rarely relate that to a single designer. Yeah. Because I feel like even if you are a star designer, the effort behind those designs are probably a team of people, not totally. just designers, engineers, and project managers. Yeah, no, and, and and that's probably a good segue into what the process looks like for you. You you have a a brief come in, a client they need a specific thing created. Tell talk about that process and maybe who you know how many people are involved and and what that looks like. So I see you're asking for a general process. Of yeah, just general design and yeah. Or at least in enlisted design, um, most projects kind of start with strategy, unless the clients already have one. We do have a strategy team we are that we are growing. Um, we start. We just start to talk to clients and get to know them better. As we get more into deeper into execution process or ideation process. On the ID side, we will start to get inspiration, mood board set up, uh, and get our workspace set up. We are using Mural at the point at this point uh, as a digital platform where multiple people can kind of collaborate to build a board. Yeah. Uh, we found it useful because we can always engage the clients with us in this process so during the ideation phase we will constantly talk to our clients talk about their needs talk about their users to do concept ideation generate concepts uh, as soon as we kind of get the idea of where this project is going we will kind of polish up a little bit of certain concepts develop it further refine it better uh, presented to our client, but that's just a mid phase. So sometimes we do multiple of this mid phase presentations, uh, but in the more shorter projects, it will be one mid phase presentation and a final presentation where everything is much more polished up with in context renderings and more of a hero shot, we call it, uh, so that the our client can also be really excited to yeah. have this product in their company. That's awesome. So it sounds like up to that point, it's it's all digital. You you haven't uh, created any physical prototypes usually. No, actually, we do a lot of uh, prototyping. So during the mural board phase of workshop, so I feel like ID yeah. is never clean cloth process, like once mm -hmm. it ends, once it begins, 
it's, it's really hard to do that because it is a physical product and we're trying to use digital platform in collaboration. So in between, while and sorry, while we're building this board, we want to fill it up with sometimes hand sketches. Okay. Uh, I do a lot of digital sketches as well, but they are the same thing because we are doing really rough sketches just to get our ideas down on the paper, talk to people and develop that through eyes and perspectives of multiple people. And in order to kind of convey ideas, sometimes you really need a physical 3D model or just a rough paper model that moves the way that you are thinking so that we can communicate. I feel like in design, sketching, prototyping, essentially is all about communication. Yeah. So whenever, whatever it requires, whatever we have to do to get the right message across, we will do and put it on the board. So. I think, yeah, by just saying we make a board is an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it sounds like there's a lot involved there. And so for you personally, um, do you delve into like 3D modeling in addition to like hand-drawn sketches? Is it... Yeah, of course. Uh, so I think I ended the process a little too early because Sometimes our project ends with just with concepts, but a lot of times we also bring those concepts into the real world by going through the manufacturing process, which is where we will, the prototyping happens more uh, and more intensively. We are now going down to the detail of the curvatures, the ergonomics, how it looks, the scale by doing 3D printing or just making one-to-one -one model with whatever material we have and what's right for the product. And sometimes we even get an outside model maker who will make our concepts look exactly like the real product to yeah. communicate with clients. Again, like I feel like everything about this is communication and refinement of the product quality. So after that, we will go into manufacturing, talk with the manufacturers, work with either their engineers, clients engineers, or maybe consultant engineers to really make the product the way we want it to be. Uh, and during that phase, sketching might happen, prototype might be happening. Uh, it's never a set process. Yeah. No, that's great to know. That's. That's fascinating. And so I imagine that as you're getting closer to a finished project, yeah, you're, you're, you have to think like a, an engineer or, or a business owner in some ways, like knowing the, the tools that mass produce these things, the scale is important, or how can we break up the pieces um, for mass production so that they work with existing machining processes, is that correct? Well, um, yes. Experienced industrial designers generally know a lot about manufacturing. Um, we do learn from school, we have classes, but you really understand it as you work as an industrial designer. So even during junior phase, you listen to what senior people are talking about and 
you start to understand what they're going through and as you start getting involved into manufacturing phase, you will talk to engineers and learn naturally. It is somewhat required to know manufacturing as a senior designer, obviously to manage and execute as a, like a project. Yeah. And I always think engineers, clients, and whoever is also working on the team are part of the team. So yeah. instead of me trying to know everything, they will always have answers and perspective. So I, it, yeah. yeah, it's more important to know how to talk than know sure. knowledge. Sure. No, that's that makes a lot of sense. And so I'm I'm more of a generalist myself, and and lead a team of specialists in you know web design or graphic design or animation illustration. But knowing a little bit about those things enough to have a intellectual conversation um, helps a lot. And and it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying is uh, you need to at least have that as a prerequisite for a. For a senior ID person, um, so we've talked about that process. I, I love it; it's fascinating, and, and that it's not just linear. That there, you don't just move from one phase to another, but it's constant iteration and communication with with the client and uh, stakeholders. Do you have a specific like favorite part of the of that creative process? I think, well, I personally think many part of design, especially execution, can even be painful if you're really into it. And everything becomes worth it when you are when you when you start to execute it or prototyping it and realize your solution could might actually work, <laughs> or this is actually. Becoming a product that will help people's daily life. I think that's when it's when it becomes really rewarding for me. Yeah. Aside from like smaller uh, enjoyment through just like just execution in general, I feel like all creative people find it really playful and they find happiness just through making things by using your hands. So like aside from that, I feel like. Finding out if your solution will actually work gives me like most joy. Most joy. I love that. I love that you use the word painful because I think uh, <laughs> that's something that we all experience at different points of, of the project. And and but maybe we're we're not honest enough to admit that, that it is. It can be painful. And so that that's a good segue into. You know the younger generation, those who are maybe just getting out of high school or or college, and and uh, trying to decide if this is something that that they would want to get into. Is there any advice that you would you would give those uh, those younger prospective designers? Well, if you're asking specifically about industrial design. I think as high school student, it's really important to know the difference between fine art and design, just 
overall because design can be very different from art that we are exposed to as a kid or younger person. I mean, even as you get older, not that many people know about industrial design and they don't really know what it's like. And industrial designer, well, industrial design job is less about personal expression. It's all about the user and all about the people around you. So if you are someone who are interested in that, I think design is a great place to be. But if you are more of an expression person um, and trying to convey that idea to other people and just be an artist, I feel like art, fine art is more of a right way to go. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And, and I think something that people need to hear because yeah, you, you grow up drawing and, and uh, get through high school and and get gold stars from your teachers or whatever because you did a good job on your shading or whatever and and you think oh i'm an artist how can i get paid to do this and and so you pick design but then you find like you said that that's that's not the the job of most designers especially it sounds like industrial design is to help realize a, a, a product that is best for the end user or for the needs of, of the client as opposed to, hey, this is my chance to really put my my stamp on something and everybody's going to use it and and the glory is all mine or whatever. It, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> I'm not saying there's no creative expression in industrial design. There definitely is all the time. Uh, it's just not expressing your expressing your emotion or your own thoughts is more about trying to emphasize with the users and trying to think in their shoes and express them. Um, a lot of ID people actually have both of that passion of like of designing for others but also expressing as an artist. So I do have a lot of design friends who make or do art on the side which is great and you can do both but if just in terms of working as an industrial designer I think it's really important to know under and understand the difference as a kid yeah no I agree and super well said you said it a lot better than I did there so appreciate you clarifying <laughs> um yeah so something you said there and it sounds like maybe not but but do you have any of your own little pet projects of industrial design projects that maybe some something no one's asking you to create, but you you just kind of think one day maybe I'll build this thing and, and you have little sketches. Do you do stuff like that? I, I used to do freelancing, so maybe that counts, but... Yeah. Usually, if I am doing a personal project, I do create things sometimes, but it's always for myself. It's not really a project, not really industrial design project. It's a yeah. sort of a craft hobby yeah. that utilizes ID skills. Okay. So I don't know if I would call it a project, but I do it sometimes. Yeah, okay. 
No, that makes sense. So you do have a creative outlet here and there, crafts um, that, that you explore. I love that. And let me know, um, well, I'm curious, like industrial design is obviously the physical product. Like if you think of unboxing an, an iPhone, the ID piece is, is the iPhone itself and maybe the, the plug connector. Does, where do you think ID lives when, as far as like packaging design comes in? Is that something that you as an industrial designer would get involved in or just leave that to like the graphic designers? Mm. I really like working collaboratively. Uh, or so as a industrial designer who have been in industry for four years, for sorry, for six years, uh, which is not really that long of a period, but from what I know, the position of ID is different in every situation. Uh, but in consultancy, we do, industrial designers do work on packaging design, uh, mostly on structure, but we will always partner with visual designer to, for them to create the graphics, the branding. So it's actually a collaborative effort. And we also have a professional packaging designer on team. So he is, uh, now he is creating the packaging structure most of the time. The ID involvement is when we are doing ideations, concepts, just the, that idea of solving problems for user and creating concepts according to it is what we do. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome to hear because, yeah, that's something I've dabbled in a little bit, had a few projects where I've done some packaging design and it, it does feel like there's some crossover there, but it's, I like what you said there that a lot of times there is some kind of collaboration and can't believe it. This time has flown by. It's been awesome uh, to get to learn more about you, Carly, and then this fascinating world of industrial design because it's something that I'm a fanboy of. I'm by no means experienced or have uh, any skills there, but uh, but just something I was super excited to pick the brain of someone who who is a specialist in this area, and and you've exceeded my expectations. So thanks so much for <laughs> for joining me. Well, this was an interesting experience for me too. Thank you. Great, excellent. Now, just as a final parting thing, uh, is there? If someone wanted to reach out to you and maybe ask some follow-up questions, is there the best way to get in touch with you? I try to answer most of the messages on LinkedIn. Sometimes okay. I might miss it, but that's probably the best outlet. Okay, find you on LinkedIn, and and that's where uh, that's where you're most likely to respond. I love it. Okay, Carly. Well, thanks again. It's been it's been an honor. Me too. Thank you. What'd you think, friends? Pretty good, right? Carly, she's she's a specialist in what she does, and I'd like to thank her once again for coming on our, our little program, Create or Die. It was a real pleasure to learn more about you, Carly, and about what it is you do. So cool. You know, one of these days we're going to get my boy Johnny Ive on here. He can talk a little shop as well. But until then, I'm going to watch... 
or listen to this one again and again. Kind of soak it all up, if you will. So I hope you do the same. And if you're, if you're in the neighborhood of creatordive.net, go check it out. Some new stuff is coming. Or maybe since you've been there last, it's been, been updated. I don't know. Check it out just for funsies, right? <laughs> but I appreciate your support. Keep telling your friends, tell your family. This is this is the podcast you gotta watch, you gotta listen to. It's uh, it's got a lot of heart, and you got a, a big cuddly bearded fella coming at you every week. So <laughs> who doesn't want that, right? Am I right? For reals. All right, my friends. Until next time, keep on creating, create or die. <laughs>